Hello everyone, it's Andy Frommel with a new podcast uh, about uh, technology, cloud and how this can help companies and businesses in uh, the region here and in Saudi Arabia to transform. We will call it Cloudology, which is a combination of cloud and technology, and we hope you will have a lot of fun of it. Before we start, I will ask answer the question why to have a podcast. There are so many podcasts out there. Now, a company like SAP has not just a responsibility to build technology and to help the world run better. We also want to make it easy for everyone to understand technology trends, how this technology can help uh, companies all sizes, individuals, and what does it mean for the future. So we will touch base on different topics going forward. We will have very bright, experienced people from SAP. We will also invite external speakers from the local market and try to provide you a very broad 360 view. In the first episode, I'm very honored and happy to have today with me Carlos Diaz. Carlos is a longtime fellow of SAP. He is uh, a senior executive on a regional level. He is heading a team um, it's called, or his, his position is the Chief Innovation Officer. And um, as his title is indicating, technology and innovation is deep in his heart. He is leading three different teams across industry, uh, technology and, uh, and other experts. He has a lot of insights from our product strategy, but also from customers. And without further ado, uh, Carlos, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Andy. Um, it's great to be here and it's great to be here with you. The first topic that we would like to touch base on is a topic that is not really new, but it takes off now and it makes a big difference to uh, big and small companies. And this is about the experience economy. And uh, why don't you start to explain what it is and what are your thoughts about this? I want you to follow me on a small journey. And in this journey, we're going to understand five different steps for any project and in particular for any project that ends up with the experience at heart. And these five dimensions is what we call the pentagram. The pentagram is all about walking through five different steps. Step number one is gathering data. That's easy to understand. We need to gather data to make anything meaningful. But right after that, we have to smartify that data. We have to let the algorithm and the technology do the magic on that data. Step number three is put smart data into the right process. At the end of the day, all our businesses complete processes for our customers. After putting the smart data in, in the right process, you have to monetize the transaction. Whether you want to provide a good service or an incredible product, you have to make sure that you make money out of that. But there's a fifth component. The fifth component is whatever the outcome of that process, it has to come as a new input again with little or, or no human interaction. So you really need to understand what's the opinion of your customer, what's the feedback of your customers, what is the experience like. And you cannot wait and do this in a dead survey, uh, survey a year later. You have to do in the relevant touch points where the customers are experiencing this product. 
So you have to respond very fast to this. Immediately, but more to respond and to be able to change your process. And this fifth step of the pentagram is essential. So with this fifth component is what we call the X data, the experience data. You have to join it with the O data, your operational data that helps you gather new data, smartify data differently, put it in a different process that has changed and finally monetizing it again. So if we can take an example out of this region, let's say a small retailer is selling one of his products on a platform, be it Amazon or, or another on online platform here in the, in the region, and he gets a two star rating. Okay, now he can go to this website and he can um, check the ratings, but he still doesn't have potentially the, um, uh, the, 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 the way on how he can consume this data in, uh, instantly and how to analyze it. And I think here is the gap that we can, or technology can help today to, to close this gap and to tell companies on why something is happening and how they can improve a product or improve a service. Exactly. But Imagine uh, that uh, you're, you're the final customer and you are buying any product. Imagine for a moment that you buy uh, mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe you want the mushrooms to be cut differently or a combination of different kind of mushrooms or you want to get the mushrooms in smaller portions or you want to get the mushrooms um, delivered differently. So that talks about the different, um, uh, the different backbone processes that the, your provider needs to complete. How they harvest the mushroom, how they cut the mushrooms, how they box the mushroom, how they deliver the mushrooms, or how they channel the mar mushrooms to the, to the market. So we walk in the pentagram as, as we speak, but you as a final customer has an immediate response on how your provider is serving you. And there's another thing, you felt hurt. Yes. You feel that someone wants to know you, gets to know you, and someone reacts differently to your opinion. Exactly, and, uh, and uh, there, is, there, is, there are two dimensions. The one is that uh, there is an opportunity because you see today the feedback, but if you are unable to respond to this and you have a three-star rating or a two-star rating on an online platform like Amazon, that's a kind of a kiss of death and your product will go down and nobody will buy it. Um, and the other dimension is that the, the end consumer becomes part of your, you can even say to the extent, development team because it gives you instant feedback. It's up to the company now how to respond to this. And there's even companies like, I think, Under Armour, they're using this type of technology today to even involve end consumers before they launch a product. So they can run through the cycle of getting feedback before they're even hitting the market. Th that is, that is uh, a beautiful idea that is not only used now by large um, companies like Under Armour, but even startups, if, if a startup uh, and a startup wants to pivot. If they want to change their initial business plan to a different business plan, there's no better way to do it than to embed experienced data inside the process so they can change their business plan immediately. And there's uh, one difference between implicit information and explicit information. Uh, in the old world, uh, we 
were thinking why our customers were doing something. We had to imagine why they were doing something because we didn't have the technical means to gather that explicit information. But now we have the way to get explicit information. We don't have to imagine anything. We just have to be willing and brave enough to hear them so we can change the backbone process. And from your experience seeing many customers, do you think this is a specific industry or customer segment that is more impacted or is it across industries and, and customer sizes and geographics? The customers that are not in the business to consumer, but are more in the B2B or in the B2B2C, have a harder time to understand that they can reach out to the final customer and really get their opinion, get their meaningful insights. Yeah. For the B2C world, it's very easy, it's very transparent, they get it immediately, and they are the first movers, the first adopters of this XO revolution experience data and operational data together. Yeah, and specifically in this uh, country like Saudi or in, in, in the Middle East here, um, these companies have an opportunity because they can, they can change things quicker because they don't have these big, large corporations, but they also have a challenge because they don't have today the technology um, uh, in place and sometimes the, the, the foundation to, to deal with this. Um, here are many family businesses in this country. They have a long-term business, very traditional, very stable, but now they're getting challenged from online competitors, from new startups. Uh, you can take the uh, business of the, um, the taxi business here. They are struggling now big time. Uber is here, uh, Karim is here. You can give also feedback on every other ride on how we know this. Uh, any type of recommendation that you can make for this, let's say smaller, non-technology advanced companies on what they should do in, in, in order to gain, um, uh, to, to leverage this opportunity of experience management. There's a, a huge advantage that technology provides that you don't have to go through all the same steps uh, that the others have gone through. You can leapfrog. And we saw them, for example, with the phone story where people didn't, did not go through the fixed line and the, the mobile lines, they, they, they went directly to the mobile world. So in the experience economy, which is something vibrant, something that is happening as, as we speak, but has been happening forever, you can go directly to uh, the latest cloud way to gather information. You can go directly to the latest technology without the need of having um, a legacy system. The infrastructure in yeah. place. Yeah, and, and it, that's an advantage, in fact because m bigger players may have been doing an effort to gather explicit information for a longer time with legacy technologies. But now if you are um, a mid-sized company that understand that you have to embrace this revolution, you can go directly to the greatest and latest and leapfrog competitors. Yeah, so the, the recommendation would be here to use technology uh, in an advanced mode or in the new way. This is cloud-based technology by not acquiring hardware and starting with configuration. And by the way, most of these con services today are only cloud-based available. Um, so, so summing this, uh, this topic up, um, a big opportunity for any type of B2C uh, businesses, but also a threat if you don't respond to this, uh, to the positive or negative uh, feedbacks. Um, it gives you an, an unique insight on how your products are used. So every everyone who is selling a service, I would be encourage everybody to try to find a way on how you get direct feedback. Technology today gives you the opportunity. You don't need to build an own I iOS app 
or on, on software, you can use existing services uh, relatively cheap um, in the market. And if you are a bigger enterprise, uh, companies like SAP and others, uh, for sure they have more sophisticated solutions, but also for smaller companies. Okay, so this is one of the one of the most exciting topics. Um, I personally, just to give an uh, anecdote here, when I finished my university, my thesis was about virtual communities and how to leverage virtual communities uh, for CRM uh, in the context of CRM. And back in the days in 2000, companies like BMW, they already had online very simple communities to gain feedback and to gain insight how customers are driving the BMWs and, and, and how they are experiencing it. It's a similar idea. Then Amazon came with, made it the, the default standard. And today it's coming, I think, everywhere and it's becoming a standard part of how you deal with your business. Definitely. Just um, one explanation for our listeners. Why these experience economy platforms are relevant? Many times we're trying to get um, experience data um, manually or through surveys, but there's no way to do this in s on social media. There's no way to do it through ma so many different uh, channels. So you have to have the technology to read all those um, uh, comments, to listen to all those conversations, to do that in a way that you extract meaningful information and group meaningful information to have actionable insights, what I can do to change that. And it's in that word change where, you know, you really extract the value of getting um, insights and information. So Carlos, let's go to a second topic, which is a little bit more, how to say, maybe um, difficult to understand. Now we talk about experience management, this is opinion sharing from humans. Now we go into the world of the robots machines, uh, which is also a very big topic. Um, robots, machines, artificial intelligence, these things are already impacting us today. The first picture that came to my mind was the movie I saw when I was younger, a Terminator, which everybody knows. The, the, the threatening scenario of a machine, artificial intelligence, super intelligent, plus uh, a network. And today we see, um, for example, hotels in Japan completely run by, by robots, no human interaction anymore. Today we have robo-advisors managing our portfolios or your investment portfolios. So this is a very fast evolving topic. Where are we heading here and how can companies um, in this region um, gain advantage of this? So we are heading towards uh, what we call the digital centaurs, the right combination of enough artificial intelligence and definitely enough human intelligence. In the right combination, the right balance is the right response. So that right balance is different for each one of us and each company. Imagine you watch Netflix. In Netflix, you are proposed a film, but you understand why. In fact, Netflix is telling you, we recommend you this because you watch this other film. So there's a cl clear contract between the user and the artificial intelligence. It's an open artificial intelligence. So whenever we apply artificial intelligence, it has to be clear to the user how and why we're using it and which are the benefits that they are providing. That is essential in designing the, the right um, digital center. And there's another aspect that is also very important. Uh, 
whenever we use artificial intelligence, we want to make sure that artificial intelligence is not going to do something that a human should not do. So that means that ethics and that means that customer information and that needs that the option to opt in or out and consent is very important. So at all times designing these digital centaurs, we need to make sure that ethics is the, at the base of everything that we do. Yeah, so ethics is a, is a, is a very broad, uh, very important point. And there are now even, I think, uh, groups and, and, and uh, thought leaders around the world are connecting together to try to um, not just limit uh, AI, but also to make sure it is democratized to some extent, because it would be, I think, a problem if a small group of people or countries would be dominating this technology and would use this to, adva to their advantage. And I think people like Elon Musk, they, they, they say today, um, it can be a big threat, but if we manage it in the right way, it can bring us to, to dimensions where we are not uh, here today. So when we bring this a little bit more down to the, to the uh, short midterm horizon for companies, um, companies like SAP, we are having now artificial intelligence and robotic automation in our products. Can you give a few examples on how this would help um, somebody who's working in a company in a CFO area or sales or marketing uh, to make their job easier or to gain better outcomes. How can you take the robot out of you? So how can you make sure that the non-intellectual or the re repetitive tasks that you're doing are done by um, um, a new corporate citizen called a robot that it's traditionally that we have um, what well, we have understood uh, by robotic process automation for example you receive an email you read the email you double check data inside the word document and you insert all that information into a system that is going to match that against an invoice okay all that can be done by a robot you can open the email you can read the document you can look for the figures and you can match it with and probably it's going to do it much better than a human being and the human being can you know go move on and do something more interesting but that's a beautiful thing that's where we start talking about robotic process automation and that's why we talk about intelligent robotic process automation because it's in the combination between the robot and the human that the magic can happen for example what happens if there's an exception and exceptions happen all the time then the machine goes to the human open a, a, a chatbot a conversational robot and says okay I have encountered a special situation how do I solve this and the human is going to recommend one action I would do this 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 um, the minute the second the millisecond you answer that the robot is learning how to do it for the next time so is this team done by the robot and the human that is the winning team is the digital centaur this is the perfect example of that digital centaur of how we address and inside exactly and 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 chatbots is a uh, chatbots is a very a very nice example because um, it can help using this technology to increase the experience so the the best example is you call a, a call center and you're in a long chain uh, a waiting chain and you are uh, you hang up because it takes uh, forever that somebody picks up the phone now many companies so they're using chatbots already online and to some extent it can help to answer very basic questions or FAQ type of questions 
and then you can also be led to further uh, details or even to an uh, to an um, um, uh, human who can answer this and i'm I'm really happy when I see this kind of technologies on websites today because it helps to speed up your daily um, things you have to do. And it, it is a great example how we can combine technology, robotics, AI with experience. Didn't, didn't it happen to you, Andy, that you are answering a, a chatbot and perfect, it, it is giving you the right responses, but sometimes they are stubborn and they don't understand you and you start changing the way you respond. Number three. Number three, you have to choose an <laughs> option. Number three, okay, you know where technology comes very handy? It's not understanding content, but context. Now, what we are adding in our chatbots is the ability to understand your tone. And when you say number three several times, then you want to talk to a human. And then automatically, you get angry. Exactly, yes. automatically you're transferred to a human, but you know what? when you are transferred to a human and you have to repeat everything all the time. What if we also provide a human with the contextual information of everything that you have in chatting with the chatbot? Those, again, in chatbots are the right combination of human and the right combination of, of, of robot. And that's why we stress that it's very important to digitize the world, but it's even more important to humanize the digital world. Yeah, and uh, if we take this all into the let's get it back to some of our key um, uh, contact points like a chief information officer. Now he is today in the world of, he has to reduce costs, he has to simplify his IT landscape, he has to um, deliver innovation. And many of them are overwhelmed. They have so many possibilities, so they have limited budget, they have no time, and they need to come up with something that is making a big difference to the CEO or to the company. Um, how would you what kind of recommendation would you give to a CIO or to um, a family business who has a challenge, but they don't know where to start and how to define the strategy for innovation? So what I would recommend is do not start with a minimum viable product. Many, many times they are too minimum and most of the times they are not too viable. You have to be brave and start going live with whatever you do because only going live will give you enough data to pivot, enough data to gather feedback, enough data to reach the X with the O, the experience with the operation. So whatever you're gonna do, do it, get into your final customer, be brave, go there, that's where the truth is. Yeah, so you need to be close to your customers and uh, if you don't do this today, then the chances are that you will be challenged uh, by competitors, by startups. And uh, I have seen this uh, in this market here. Uh, we have seen stable businesses. Uh, they have no need to change anything. And now they are they are really challenged. Whether this is from online stores, from companies like uh, Uber, others, or uh, food delivery. So it has a massive impact. Now we see things like VAT is coming. Uh, and there is many changes in this region, in these countries, that provides a tremendous pressure on, on the businesses, on the society. And, and for sure, then you have the technology um, uh, on top of this. Um, fantastic um, insight, Carlos. Uh, is there any kind of uh, book or further um, material that you would recommend, or maybe one book that uh, comes to your mind when we talk about these topics? A good friend of mine recommended me The Algorithm Leader. Mm -hmm. So that's an easy read, something that you can you know, read in two or three hours. And it talks a lot about some of the dimensions that we've been um, uh, sharing here. But one is uh, very important, how we can coexist with algorithms. In this world, whether you're working for the algorithm or you're working on the algorithm. Yeah.
Okay, fantastic. And if somebody wants to uh, follow you online or is more interested to gain more insights on what you think and what you do, uh, how can people re reach out to you? I'm uh, most active in, in LinkedIn. So Carlos Diaz, LinkedIn SAP. I think it's easy. Carlos, it was a pleasure to have you on this uh, podcast. Thank you, Andy. Thank you very much for your insights and talk to you soon. Thank you.